Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Um, welcome to Collective Church. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Lee, and I lead alongside my husband, Tyler. And you maybe have noticed that he's not here this morning. It looks a little bit different up here. Um, we're really excited today. We have our, we call it a five for five. So we actually have four speakers. I'm just gonna be facilitating this conversation. But we have four people on our team who are here today. Um, just to share, share their story about how God is at work in their life. We're going to be continuing our series, Tough Questions, and um, today we're going to be looking at the question, why does the Bible and Jesus have authority to tell us how to live? So, kind of a big one. I feel like all these topics have been big, you know, and kind of hard to wrestle through. Um, so we're really excited to hear, I think this is my favorite part of Five for Fives, is hearing different voices. Um, God works so differently in each of our lives, and I think it's so encouraging when we get to hear those stories. So, yeah, we're, we're excited. I'm going to pass this to you. Um, why don't I, I'll pray for us this morning, and then, and then we can dig in. So, God, thank you so much that we can be here this morning Thank you for these four people who are sitting on stage today who have said yes to sharing about you, God, and how you're at work in each of their lives. So God, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would fill them, that you would be with them this morning. Um, take any nerves away. I know I am nervous being up here, but uh, we know that you are at work, God. And, and just a reminder that this isn't about us this morning, this is about you and what an honor that is. So we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we give you all the praise. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, why don't we start, if you guys wanna introduce yourselves and maybe just share, you all serve on a team, so just share what team you serve on. We'll start with you, Gian. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Gian, and I serve in kids ministry, so I'm one of the teachers there. My name's Kevin. I serve on the prayer team and help out with the host team when they need uh, spots filled in. My name is Britt, and I oversee our host team. My name is Kate, and I'm in the prayer team. Yeah. Okay, who's going to start? <laughs> I know, sorry, so when we pass the mic down. Kate? I sat on the end just to not be first. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Now you know for next time how it works. All right. Okay. Yeah, remember that. Okay, so I have two questions okay. for you guys today. Um, and we'll start with the first question, which is why does the Bible and Jesus have authority in how you live? I rephrased the question just a little bit. Basically, does the I, I did it the other way just so I could answer, does the Bible have authority in my life? So I basically said yes because I invited Jesus into my life uh, many years ago. So I gave him that permission. And also I looked up the word authority because sometimes authority has a negative connotation to it. It has a negative meaning. But authority, I looked up, just means, for instance, um, Anyone who has skill in a certain area, like a doctor or whatever, they have authority, right, to, to do an operation. 
uh, or in a legal sense, people have authority. Um, but I also look at a, a dominion. And as someone who, the same as a father or mother, have authority in a home, well, what do they do? They care for a child. So they care for their well-being and everything about them. So they have authority because they're the ones looking after the child. So authority, in, especially in the biblical, is a good thing. So, and it also goes with the word dominion. So I looked at it because not authority. I looked at God is not into behavior modification. And it's not that way. And I thought to be, and so I did it this way. I came at this way to be born again um, is being restored to the image and likeness of God. So I did a background to the original creation as recorded in Genesis 1 and 2. And John in the, in the gospel of John he talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And Kevin, we were in prayer group, talked about Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, in the beginning. So that does give God the authority because he created us. That's number one. But of course, being born again, we give him that, we give him that um, permission. And I'm going, and I'm saying why. So when God created man, of course, he created man. I'll just skip some of this. But <laughs> it says, of course, through Adam, we all fell, and we became under the dominion of Satan. So we're basically, we're, it's either or. It's not like we just, we are, we have choices, but if we don't choose Jesus, we don't choose his way, his authority, and dominion in our lives, then we're, under, we're, we're um, open to the dominion of Satan. But Jesus delivered us from that dominion, restored us back to God. And uh, that's why he has that authority in my life and dominion in my life for that reason. But the beautiful thing is that his dominion authority is all founded on love. And as a, as a new creation, like my old things have passed away, I became new. My citizen is now in heaven. And that's why I give him that, you know, he has dominion in my life because God is now my father and I'm his child and I live under his authority and dominion built on the foundation of love for me because his desire is for me to prosper, be in health, even as my soul prospers. He's all for me in my character. He wants me to grow and uh, he knows best in every area. <laughs> so... And by his authority, he's, he's, because I'm his child, I've been given the God-given right to receive and use his power and authority that flows from the Holy Spirit in me to overcome all the power of the enemy. So the awesomeness of that is I submit, as I give to him that right and to have authority in my life, then I'm also given that right to delegate authority over, not over, not over people, but over the enemy and over areas in my life where I can walk, I can walk in his authority on this earth as his child. So it's amazing. It's a wonderful thing. And so hope I didn't. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Okay, good. Um, okay, so I have a verse I'm gonna read. So in Colossians 2, verses 8 to 10, it states. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. 
So you are, nope, so you also are <laughs> complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So ultimately, I worded this answer that um, I have found that God's way is so much better. That doesn't mean it's going to be easier. It doesn't mean that by any means, but it does mean that it is going to be better, better than anything that we could ever imagine or plan for ourselves. Um, so true worship is a costly privilege, and it does take faith to give God your best. But the Bible speaks truth and is the map to eternal life in heaven. So when we live by God's authority, ultimately it means that he alone is our highest priority. We stop focusing on pleasing the world and those around us, which ultimately leads to destruction, ego, and sin. And we focus our eyes and heart on Jesus. He helps us to face our trials with confidence and to move forward with faith. As the creator of all things, God has authority over us and everything in creation. And he invites us into a way of life that leads to freedom, fulfillment, and purpose. So I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty dang good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> For me, it was um, kind of reflection back to who I was before I... Um, gave my life over to God, and reflecting on what my life was like, thinking back in my teenage years, my early 20s, I kind of had a kind of a big chip on my shoulder, and I didn't really let people uh, get in my way. If I wanted something, I went for it, so it didn't matter if I hurt people, what I said, um, then... My marriage went sideways, and we ended up sitting down with my brother and with his pastor and his wife, and uh, through the conversation that night, he made a comment to me, and he said, um, I'm kind of jumping around, um, you cannot make any decisions without God in your life, and that resonated with me. I did not sleep a wink that night. I woke my wife up around 4.30 in the morning and told her and she made me pray it out loud because that in her mind I had to. And growing from that, I was learning that the Bible isn't just a bunch of stories about God. It's full of knowledge, full of wisdom. And the verse that kind of jumped out to me was 1 Peter 1.14. As obedient children... We do not conform to evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. And up until that point, that's where I was living, was in ignorance, thinking I knew what's good for me, I knew what was best for me, but God has better plans, better everything. Um, and then learning about prayer. Prayer isn't just asking it's talking to God. And before you sit down and read from the Bible, I felt it always good to ask God to prepare my heart, open my mind to what I'm doing and how the scripture is going to help me with my decisions, with my struggles, with my day-to-day -day life. And um, like that verse said, we need to be obedient, and for me, I'm kind of a rule follower, 
uh, more now than I was before I met God. And yeah, I've uh, just learned to totally trust him because like we were talking this morning in prayer and the verse, because um, I heard it before, how we have many verses that speak to us. But as Christians, if we cannot fully give our faith and our belief to Genesis 1-1, everything after that doesn't matter. And that's your walk, is to know it in faith and trust in what you can't see, what you can't touch. But he has given us his word and, and gave us Jesus, who died for our sins. And that's where I trust the Bible in my life. So good. I was just thinking on that. I love how you touched on that, that trust and faith piece, because I think that's so huge. You know, I think when we, we follow the way of Jesus, he gives us a choice. Um, since the garden, since Genesis, right? Like we had a choice and it is that obedience. It's not easy. It's so hard. I feel like, you know, we, we declare like, yes, Jesus is Lord of our life, but to actually walk that out and live that out is, it's not easy. And I feel like each of you have touched on that. And I know we'll touch in our next question on it more, but, um, just that's so good. Yeah. Gian. Oh, our chairs are so squeaky up here. Yeah. It's okay. Um, some, for me, it's simple. Uh, it's because I claim that I'm a Christian. The, the cornerstone of my faith is Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. And if he himself obeyed and fulfilled, defended, and taught scripture, then I, who keeps telling people that I'm a Jesus follower, should do the same. Because otherwise, I am a hypocrite living a lie. So. Yeah, no, a simple answer, but good, yes. Yeah, um, I was just thinking too, like, I feel like we live in this world, you know, society, culture, it's, it's so hard to live our life according to the Bible. And, and obviously, as disciples of Jesus, we want to be like him, become like him. That is what we are trying to do every day and, and surrender to him. But how hard that is in our culture, in our world, when I feel like we're given this narrative of it's about us, right? It's, it's, I feel like there's all these life hacks, and it's about life maximization and basically just us striving to do it on our own, to figure it out, to get to where we need to go on our own. And that puts so much pressure on us. Like, I find it so interesting in our culture how we have everything at our fingertips. We, we can travel anywhere we want to go. We have technology. We can do anything. And yet, people are so depressed and anxious more than ever before. There's so much data behind that. And I find that so interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think as, as Jesus followers, that's something that we, we know is true and we, we surrender our lives knowing and trusting, like you guys spoke about, that God created us and he obviously knows. He has wired us and built us for a purpose and for a way of life. And, 
And the Bible tells us how to live that out. And it's hard. I know you mentioned like not being a hypocrite, but I think we all are at times, right? I think it's, it's a daily struggle that we die to ourselves. We take up the cross. We, we follow Jesus. Like our goal is to become more and more like him. So thank you for each of your answers. We'll move on to question two, starting with Eugene. Um, so where has this been difficult and where has that, this led to life? When I was contemplating this uh, this question, I thought I was going to talk about control or anger or hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it came down to, what I was struggling the most with, was loving the ways of this world and, as Kevin said, conforming to them. First um, John 2.15 states that do not... Uh, do not love this world. I can't read it. <laughs> do not love this world or the things it offers, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And he's not talking about some superficial platonic love. This is sacrificial love. Just as Jesus Christ died for us on the cross for our sins, we mustn't respond to his love with us sacrificing our whole selves to our careers, to our to worldly pleasures, to consumerism, and to pride, because then we'd miss out on the love of the Father. But for me, most of my life has been loving the ways of this world, and so I struggle in that tension between God pulling me closer and closer to him and the world pulling me away. Mm-hmm. So there, there lies my difficulty. Mm-hmm. But with life, um, in contrast to loving the ways of this world, the Bible has been leading me to love people. And most of you who know me today will probably not believe if I say that I did not like people at all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That is shocking. (laughs) For those of you who don't know Gian, he, like, there are people just surrounding him all the time. He's brought so many people to church, people to Alpha. Um, Yeah, so that is hard to believe. He always has people over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in fact, I, I enjoyed my company the most and I would look at everyone with contempt. Mm. That's how I viewed people. Um, I wouldn't say that, but it was in my heart and in my mind. And I remember years ago, I was talking to this person and he said, humans are the disease of this world. And that's sad. And I resonated with what he said. But as I, as I sought personal relationship with Jesus and I prayed that he break my heart for what breaks his and for me to be the salt and light wherever he places me, I learned the value of 
rejoicing with those who are rejoicing, to mourn with those who are mourning, to live in harmony with each other, and to not be conceited and to enjoy the company of ordinary people. That's Romans 12, 15 to 16. And as I learned these values, I learned to love people, to sacrificially love people and to offer whatever I have for them. And that has brought me life and peace unless I'm in the company of people who need to learn to die. Still working on contempt. Uh, I love that. I can resonate with that last part. <laughs> and I drive for a living. Um, for me, this part was kind of a harder one to figure out. And... And the two songs that were played today um, really resonated with um, what I was thinking and, and um, where I struggled with uh, trusting in God. Um, and uh, for me, um, my biggest struggle was COVID. Um, went through um, some pretty low moments, some tough times not just myself, but my family. And trying to figure out where God was with that. And it's also a question that's inside of it is, um, where were the godly people in my life that weren't there to help me? Um, so I was at a low point in life um, couldn't be there for my family. And I'm not sure where, at what point, um, God started to restore me. But when I look back, it was him working on me because I needed that work. To know, to trust in him, that it's not the people that I need to trust. I need to trust in his word, his wisdom. He will put people in my life to help me with my struggles. And um, which kind of through this, um, I was going up until that point, I was, my life, I was going through the motions. I was going to church. I was doing the, all the right deacon stuff for my church. I was a Sunday school teacher. And then, um, when I questioned the authority of the church, the church um, we were attending, that's when things kind of went sideways. And that was God saying, yes, you need to listen to people, but you need to also, in your mind, question to make sure what they're doing is biblically true. Are they doing it for themselves, or are they doing it to glorify God? And the part I was struggling with was showing compassion and love to not just our church members, but the community and 
Um, they just wanted to keep doing what they wanted. Um, not trying to diss them or anything else. Um, COVID brought out a lot of with everybody. And it brought out um, a good, good point in me. And the verse that um, I'm really jumped, I just, I love Hebrews because um, it's good for reflecting on struggles and how God is there for you. And Hebrews 12, um, 10 to 11, our fathers discipline us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And for me, that's um, a hard discipline I had to go through. And discipline is that word a lot of people don't like to hear because they just think about it as pain. But it's also a word that instills a character of the person. You know, you hear that person has disciplined their life to do uh, running or weight training or reading the Bible so they can be better just not for the people around, but for themselves. And for me, it was, I need to be better to glorify God. Not me. It's not about me. It's about sharing the message about Jesus. And from there, life has turned around. Um, we're seeing growth in our family and how God has given us many, many blessings. And like this morning, Kate, was sharing how it's all those little things you need to thank God about. Don't focus on the negative, but focus on everything he does for you through the hardships. Thank you, Kevin. It's beautiful. Okay, so the question started with where has that been difficult? And I think I can speak for almost every person in this room to say almost any area of my life that's been very difficult. Um, I've always been a control freak, so this is a constant uh, learning battle for me. So I've learned over the years, um, as I've seen God show up and show me that his way is in fact better, so it is getting easier, but if I'm being honest, it's still a difficult thing, and I'm going to be uh, constantly learning and working on that with God. Um, it is human nature for us to want to take the reins and steer our own ships, but I'm reminded of the verse, for I know I... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, uh, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So this verse comes from Jeremiah 29, 11, and it's one of the many that attest that God has a divine plan in each of our lives and in our path and our plan in life. Um, in terms of specific areas where this has been difficult, like I said at the beginning, where do I begin? Um, one that comes to mind is finances. So finances have proven to be a hard one. Uh, tithing was something that I never really knew anything about. Um, if I'm being honest, uh, when I would go to church, I would throw a bill in the collection plate as it came down. 
honestly probably the smallest bill in my wallet, and I wouldn't think anything of it. I would have a very um, mindset of, well, I need to keep whatever else is in my wallet for whatever reason, insert your own reason there. So I was really having like a hold on my, my money. Um, as a single self-employed female living alone, I had every excuse as to why I didn't feel that I could tithe and give the 10%, and I kept telling myself that I had to hold on to it. Um, like I said, I had a tight grip on my money, and I wasn't willing to surrender that to God. Until one day, God put it very heavy on my heart that I had to surrender that to him and give, give that area of my life over to him. So I did, and I started to tithe, and I rebudgeted my life so that I am giving to God first. The biblical meaning of tithing, for anyone who doesn't know it, I had to research it a little bit to kind of understand it when I did start to tithe faithfully, um, is a cheerful giver who gives back to the Lord what he has given you. Ultimately, everything is God's. Not mine, not yours, everything is God's. So much like the story of Cain and Abel, God is asking for that same devotion that Abel had by giving his best while Cain only gave a little. So in Genesis 4, 4 and 5, uh, it says, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but the Lord did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So since constant tithing and trusting that God can do more with the 10% that I, than I can with the 90%, there has been no shortage of God math um, moments where my life has been blessed of, uh, because of an action of faithful generosity. So God math, for anyone who hasn't had a conversation with me about what God math is, um, it's when it just doesn't make sense. Like it's not a five plus five equals 10 type of moment. It's, it just all ends up working out and we, we have no reason or explanation other than, well, that's just God. So that's God math. If you ever hear me talk about God math, that's my very loose explanation of it. Um, and so I do have an example of this. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was sitting in service, and I know what cash I have in my wallet. So what, one thing that God also was working on me was like a cash budget. I'm a visual person, so knowing how much I was spending works best if I have cash uh, in my wallet, and that's what I know. So I knew how much cash was in my wallet, and I remember sitting in service, and I just felt... I guess the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I just felt this overwhelming feeling of I need to give a certain amount that was in my wallet to tithe this week. And I already do like a reoccurring um, tithing. So this would have been above and beyond that. And I remember sitting in service going, no, like I could come up with every excuse right now. Like that's my cash for the week or two weeks, whatever it was. And I went back and I, I gave it at the end, um, which if you guys would like, they'll take cash, credit, debit at the back info table. Um, and I went and I gave it and I prayed as I did it. And that was fine, went home, that was it. So then the next day I wake up, I know how much should be in my wallet after I've just tithed. And there were extra $20 bills in my wallet. And I remember telling Ty and Lee, like, I can't explain this. I know I counted. Like, I know anyone in this room could be like, well, maybe you just miscounted. Maybe they were stuck together. Maybe, but maybe it was just God math. So that's one of my examples of where it has been, I think that, yeah, where that's led to life. And then I have an example of where it is leading to life maybe, and I don't have a definitive answer yet, but another area that I have found very difficult to surrender. And if there's any single ladies in the room, I suggest you take your notebooks out. Um, but that is the area of my future husband. So 
there have been times in my life where I have felt so sure of God's purpose in this area. Uh, looking back at some of my relationships, I've wrestled with disappointment, unmet expectations, and relationships that just weren't honoring to God because I was trying to be in control. So as I've grown in my walk with Jesus, he has taught me that all things surrender to him. Um, never leaves us disappointed. And yes, ladies, I mean all things in that area, um, which trust me, I know it's not easy, but it is so worth it. I know, especially as someone in their 30s, that this can be challenging, but I am faithful that God will carry out his plan with my person when the time is right for both of us to honor him in a way that we can do that together. And on that note, yeah, so that scripture verse is perfect. I was trying to think of it, actually. Because uh, so in the beginning, <laughs> way back when, yeah, so basically I first got saved. Uh, I was at university, and again, he will lead us in the way we should go. I realized I wasn't going back to university, that a career change. Well, I wasn't sure if that was a career change, but I wasn't to go back into the course that I was accepted in, which was amazing. And uh, actually, if he, if that was that, anyway, never mind. <laughs> so um, basically, I really heard from the Lord that I was to not go back. And yet that meant stepping out into the unknown. But I felt the Lord said, no, I'm going to teach you in a different way. I was going to go into, uh, get a BN and an MA, a real fast course in social work. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to teach you in a different way. And that was huge. But that did lead to life. Uh, I ended up living in Germany, in Israel, in different uh, Christian uh, scenarios and work. And it was awesome. And he taught me a walk of faith and uh, many things. And then the, the other thing was, another thing I needed to do at that time was I had a really good friend, a friend all the way through high school and his family. They were very supportive of me. And he also... Um, became my sweetheart, but he wasn't born again. And I remember the time when the Lord dealt with me that, you know, this was not to be. And that was huge, you know, to step out of that relationship. Um, it was at the time, uh, it almost felt like death, you know, to, to leave someone you were so close to. But that really did lead to life because then, I bet I wrote this down. So basically it led to... Uh, you know, a wonderful single life, and it was that's filled with adventure and experiences, and that's when I went overseas and so on, and it caused growth on every level to prepare me for and to meet the one. Ten years later, uh, my husband, which was the, you know, the one God had for me, amazing, and on that note, I was living, uh, and when the Lord, I was living in Israel, I lived there for three years with the pastor and his wife, and then and being part of the ministry. And the, another tough decision was the Lord was said, you need to go back home. And I didn't want to. <laughs> I fought him on that, and I didn't want to come back and, uh, because I thought that was it. I was going to live in Israel the rest of my life. But he had other um, plans. But in coming back was when I met my husband. And uh, I've got two wonderful children and so on. But anyway, so that led to life and uh, by being obedient. In other words, when God leads you, he knows the best for you. And even in my single years, I thought that I'd want to live alone, you know. Was, but God always, his word says, I'll set the solitary in family. And I was never alone. God always set me in a family 
and a good Christian family and uh, different things that and wonderful. And then I think the last one, I've got a whole ream of them, you know, because I've lived longer than some, most of you here. But anyway, <laughs> so, but the other one was, uh, these were the current, the first ones, which were very critical, was to forgive, to forgive my, my mother and father. Um, I won't go in this scenario, but uh, especially my mother, um, it was really difficult. But that really did lead to life because the Lord used me in the time to, for both of them to get saved. My dad just, you know, six months before he died. So it was awesome because he used me in their lives. So it is very, it's really awesome to follow God's leading because he knows the plans that he has for us. I always say that he has great and mighty plans for us and they're plans to prosper us and to give us an expected end. And he does know the end from the beginning, and he has such good plans for us, and it is so good to follow them. And of course, I know the other times when I didn't follow him, it, it was not a good thing. But God, even so, this is how good God is, and he knew how to bring me back and to get me right back on track because he's so loving. And uh, when we run back to him, we've made errors. He's right there for us, and he can bring us right back. So it's so good. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's true. I think as followers of Jesus, we don't we don't always get it right. <laughs> I think we've all had those experiences in our life and and that's truly where we we learn, right? And we we learn again what it means to surrender and to come back and um yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like each of you have shared just so honestly and been so vulnerable this morning in some of your responses and can we give them a round of applause? Yeah, I know, I know it takes a lot of courage to be up here um, and to share so honestly, um, but we just are so grateful. It's, I love, I love this style of discussion where we hear from these different perspectives and um, I feel like this is a little reflection of our co-groups even. I know some of you are in co-groups, some of you maybe aren't, but this is truly where, you know, we get to wrestle with scripture, we get to wrestle with, yeah, giving Jesus the authority of our life, because that is hard, and I feel like even some of these questions that we've been going through have been really difficult, and it's really in our weekly co-groups where we, you know, we, we put that to practice. It's, it's one thing to come on a Sunday and to sit and listen, and, you know, we can get more knowledge, but unless we're actually living this out and applying this in our lives and sharing it with one another and encouraging each other, praying, repenting together as a community. Um, that is truly where the hard work is and that's how our life changes. So yeah, it's just one of my favorite things of these discussions. I, I feel like we're in a little co-group right now and I love it. Um, but we, we have a few weeks left of our co-groups. We're going to take a break over the summer, and then we're going to start up in September again. So just an encouragement, if you're not in a co-group, we would love for you to join one. So we'll have more closer to September when we launch again. But yeah, they're phenomenal. Um, yeah, I just want to thank each of you again. And I'm going to invite the worship team. We'll kind of clear the stage here and we'll get ready to worship again.